So last week we looked at obviously Christmas Day, Jesus as a baby being born, and we're actually continuing this morning in the same gospel, in the gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, just after Jesus is being born as a baby, and we're looking at Jesus as a boy. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 41, Jesus as a boy... And he's specifically 12 years old, is what Scripture tells us at, in this moment. And I kind of get excited to look at this passage of Scripture of Jesus as a boy because, you know, none of the other Gospels really include any details about Jesus' life other than maybe when he was being born as a baby. And uh, I think it's in Matthew, it talks a little bit about them escaping to Egypt, you know, that time whenever Herod was after all the newborns. And then from there, we jump all the way to John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus' ministry. And so we've got Jesus as a baby, and then we've got Jesus at about 30 years old going on. And all the detail in between, I kind of get frustrated because I'm like, how could we not include any details about Jesus' life? And all that time in between, it's like the Savior of the world is here. Like, was nobody have a journal writing this kind of stuff down? Like, some important details, you know? And I'm... I get really curious about some of these things, you know? I'm like, what was Jesus like as a boy? What was Jesus like as a teenager? Was puberty rough for him too? Did he have acne? When did he get a beard? You know, like different things like that. But also, you know, what was Jesus like with his friends? I don't know. It's a bunch of what-if questions. Did he have a girlfriend ever, you know? Like, who knows, you know? What was it like for Mary having to raise Jesus? Because what we're going to really get to the heart of this morning that we have to remember is Emmanuel, God with us, when God came to earth in Jesus, He's fully divine, fully one with God, but also fully human. And so He came into this world as a baby. And so what was Jesus like? I just What did He talk like? You know, did he have any favorite sayings? Did he like sharing stories or did he like listening to stories? What was it like whenever he had to learn how to read? You know, I just think about these things. And Luke, here in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 41, is the only one that gives us a glimpse of that time in between when he was a baby and when he was 30 years old. And he's 12 years old, but what I want to get to this morning, kind of the heart, because remember Luke, he was a physician, he was a doctor, and he was also a historian. So he was really big on the details. And so the question I want to try to answer this morning with all of y'all is why did Luke include this? Why was it so important that Luke knew that he was writing an account of the life of the Savior of the world, of God, when he was here, and we're going to be reading about it you know, thousands of years later, and maybe even thousands of years to come, who knows? Why did Luke find it so important to include this? Jesus is a boy. Jesus at 12 years old. And so we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, starting with verse 41. And I'm reading from the NIV. I'm throwing a curveball at you. It's a new year, new me, you know. Um, Reading from the NIV this morning, and I'm going to ask if you would stand to honor the reading of God's Word this morning. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 41, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. 
When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Verse 49, Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man." This is the Word of the Lord. Before you're seated, would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love You. You are so, so good. I thank You for sending us Your Son. You have been so, so good to us. So much better than what we deserve. And we are so, so thankful for the grace that You give us. And I pray that we would never take that for granted. And God, this morning I pray that as we dive into Your Word, I pray that You would speak to us. I pray that we wouldn't hear from Jared. But God, I pray that we would hear from You. And from your words, we love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. So, if you're very familiar with me, you know, I'm kind of old school. I like to go through the passage just kind of in order. I think Scripture kind of does all the work for us. And in verses 41 and 42, just recapping those real quick, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. Okay, I want to piggyback off of kind of what we did last week. Last week we talked about Mary and Joseph making that long journey from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. Now they're on another journey. They're always on the move. It's kind of funny how God's people are always on the move. Just look at Paul and his missionary journeys. Look what Mary and Joseph are doing. They're always on the move. And they go every year, according to the custom, from Nazareth to Jerusalem. Now we talked last week, Nazareth to Bethlehem was about 90 miles journey for them. Jerusalem is just a little bit north of Bethlehem. And as the bird flies, which I think is a hilarious sign, as the bird flies, it's about a 65 mile journey. But If you put in Google Maps the walking directions from Nazareth to Jerusalem, it is 85.7 miles. And so they had to make that journey that we talked about last week kind of at an odd time. It wasn't normal for them because there was a census being taken. This journey though, it says they made this journey every single year. Which they did not have to do. I think it was somewhere within the range of 20 miles. If you were within 20 miles, you had to go to Jerusalem every single year for the Passover festival if you lived within that radius. They live well beyond that radius. So they weren't required to do this. They chose to do this every single year. They chose to roughly make a week's journey all the way to Jerusalem, a big journey for the festival of the Passover 
They would celebrate the festival of the Passover in Jerusalem, which lasted a week, and then they would have, again, about another week's journey all the way home. And so every year, even though it wasn't required of them, they would spend roughly anywhere from two to three weeks traveling to go and worship God because they were an obedient people. And I'm just like... No stinking wonder God chose Mary and Joseph to raise his parents, or to raise Jesus, because it wasn't required of them to do this. They chose to do this. And it just kind of gets me thinking. I'm like, man, we think coming to church on Sundays and occasionally Wednesdays is a difficult thing to do. You know, and it's like these people, it's like, you want to talk about obedient? I'm like, no wonder Jesus chose them. And what, here's the key what were they going to celebrate? They were going to celebrate the Passover. If you don't know much about Jewish history, this is a reference back to the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. And what they would do, what they were celebrating, was so much more than just like some random holiday for them. The Passover festival was more so a part of their identity as a people of who they were. It was so important to them because of what happened of what they were celebrating. Passover, they were celebrating their freedom from slavery to Egypt. What happened whenever Egypt was enslaving Israel, God punished Egypt for what they had done to His chosen people, and He sent ten plagues on Egypt against Pharaoh to set His people free. And the tenth and final plague was the death of the firstborn. But Israel didn't have to experience that death because they were obedient to God and what they did. He told Moses to tell the people, I need you to sacrifice a lamb and I want you to take the blood of that sacrifice and paint it over the doorpost of your house. And then whenever the angel of death comes, whenever my judgment comes upon Israel, you will not have to experience the death that they will. And it says that every single household in Egypt experienced death that night. The firstborn of every, even the animals, even, it says even the cattle, there was death. And so what is Jesus doing here right now in this moment coming to celebrate the festival of the Passover as a 12-year-old boy? What's taking place for us? What does this mean for us as Christians? God looked down on His people just like He did in Exodus. He looked down on us and He said, My people need set free from slavery, but not slavery to Egypt. Not slavery to Babylon. Not slavery to Rome. They need set free from slavery to sin. And it's going to come at a cost. There's got to be a sacrifice for their sins. But for the kingdom that God is trying to establish and is bringing, it can't happen with just any old normal lamb. The only worthy sacrifice is if God Himself comes down lives a sinless life, a perfect life, and is the sacrifice in our place. And because of the blood of Jesus, the Lamb, His blood being painted over your life, you don't have to experience the judgment of God, the death that you deserve. Because of Jesus, 
Because of His blood being painted over your life. And so when Jesus comes into Jerusalem at 12 years old to celebrate the Passover, think of the foreshadowing of what's coming. Think of what, Je- think of what God is doing here. This is huge. This is huge right here. What's taking place? And that's what they're coming to celebrate this, this Passover festival. And so we, as a Christian people today, we still celebrate Passover. Good Friday and Easter. I mean, think of what we celebrate. It's because of that. That's our identity. Just like this Jewish people. And this is huge for what they're celebrating. John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was talking about Jesus. And so, what we're looking at right here, Jesus entering Jerusalem during the Passover festival at 12 years old. And also, we're not getting into this today, but what we celebrate with Palm Sunday, Jesus entering Jerusalem for the Passover festival. It's funny how the Bible works. It's so interconnected. It's almost like it was planned. (laughs) If you're reading along with me, after the festival was over, verse 43, after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it, thinking he was in their company. They traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And so what kind of is taking place here is they're making this journey back home to Nazareth. And because of the Passover festival being such a big deal for the Israelite people, there was caravans of people heading into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover festival. And so what would normally take place is they would travel with their relatives, with their family and friends from that town, and they would make the journey together. Their strength in numbers, you know. And so they would make this journey together to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And oftentimes what they would do is the women would get up first in the day and they would kind of lead the way and they would take the children with them and then the men would start to make that journey a little bit after the women and they would kind of follow up behind them. Someone told me that the reason the women led the group is because men don't ask for directions. And I think that's pretty accurate. But, so what they would do though... what what. Think of where Jesus is at. They lose Jesus in this moment. And think of how they travel. Jesus is 12 years old. He's kind of at that age. Like, he's still a boy. He's becoming a man. Like, he's kind of at that age. And so as they're traveling, Mary had left earlier that day. And Jesus isn't with her. She's like, oh, I bet Jesus is just with Joseph and the men. Oh, I bet Jesus is just running around with his cousin, running around with his friends. You know, Joseph, he's walking. He doesn't see Jesus. And they're traveling a whole day's journey at this point. And he's like, I bet Jesus is just up with Mary and the rest of the children. You know, and so it's very easy. Anybody here ever lost a kid before? No one's willing to admit it. Only one person was willing to admit it, you liars. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but so you can see how easily it was for them to have lost Jesus in this big caravan of all these people heading back. And what happened was they got a whole day's journey outside of Jerusalem. 
The camps for the night, they had to take a whole day's journey just to get back to Jerusalem. That's two days. And then it took them a third day going through Jerusalem to finally find Jesus. And that's where we pick up in verse 45. It says, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And so it took them three days to finally find Jesus. And where do they find Him? He's with the religious teachers in the temple asking questions and everyone's amazed. And this was a common thing during the Passover festival. It's the biggest week of the year for these people. And so the religious leaders would all be in the temple and around the temple. They'd be reading Scripture. They'd be teaching. People would be coming up to them and they'd be asking questions and they'd be giving answers. This was a very common thing. It's their biggest week of the year. They're, you know, this is their moment, you know. And so they're there, and Jesus is there in the temple, and He's one that's asking questions. And think of how old Jesus is. He's 12 years old. These religious leaders, they would take on students to learn from them and to eventually kind of take their place as the leaders in the temple. And so a lot of them quite possibly looking at Jesus as like He's asking all these very intelligent questions, all this different kind of stuff. Possible student. You know, they're, they're just amazed at His understanding of Scripture and of God. And even Jesus at 12 years old, I don't think we should be surprised that He quite possibly had a lot better understanding and wisdom than maybe all of us in this room combined. But, but so they're amazed at His understanding of Scripture. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so this understanding that we see of Jesus, even at 12 years old, shouldn't really surprise us. But He's asking these questions. And remember, Jesus is fully human. He's fully divine and fully human. Jesus had to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor like it tells us a little bit later. Jesus had to grow in His understanding. Jesus had to learn how to read. He wasn't just born a baby, but with some adult, divine, huge God brain. And He's like, Mary, you're changing my diaper wrong again. Like It wasn't like that. Like He was a baby. He was fully human. You know? Like, Cut Mary some slack. This is her firstborn. She's still learning. But Jesus was fully human. He had to grow. He had to learn how to read, how to write, how to talk. All these things that I think is so often hard for us to fully grasp sometimes. We just attribute Jesus, you know, as this 30-year-old performing miracles and His ministry and all this different kind of stuff. And yes, that's all true, but Jesus had to grow. Just like He grew in shoe size. I don't think they wore pants. They wore robes or whatever, but just like His robe size grew, you know? Like, He had to grow. He had to learn. He was fully human. Yes, fully divine as well. We're not forgetting that. But verse uh, 48, it says, When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Alright, all the parents in the room. Imagine being Mary and Joseph in this situation. You just lost the Son of God. Way to go, you blew it. You know? Like, man... 
Can you imagine maybe what was going on in their mind at that moment? Like, first the mother's thoughts of like, oh my goodness, what happened to him? Did someone take him? How did he get lost? But also imagine in the back of her mind, after all that, she might be thinking like, what is God going to do to me? Oh my goodness. You know, like, just kind of this panic. You know, just a million thoughts went through their minds in like half a second. You know, just that fear of losing your child. And all of your children are great, but they're not the Son of God. And so just imagine just that extra like level that Mary and Joseph are on right now of what was going on through their minds. And they had three whole days to worry about it. Yeah. But he was there in the temple learning. And this is my favorite part, verse 49. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And I love this one right there. That's red letters. If you've got a fancy Bible. Those are the words of Jesus right there. But he's kind of like turning it back on them like, Mary, mother, virgin born, you of all people know who I am. God's going to fulfill His plan through me, don't you think? You of all people should have known where I was. Of course I was going to be in the temple. Look at me, I've been asking you tons of questions back home in Nazareth. I've got questions for these people. I'm finally in front of them. Of course I was going to be in the temple. Where else did you think I was going to be? You know how sometimes you know your kids better than they know themselves? You know, parents? It's like your kids lost in Walmart. Before you go to customer service and have them ring them through the intercom or whatever, you first go to the electronics section or the toy section. You know, it's like, of course they were over there, you know, before you start to panic. And Jesus in this moment, He's kind of like, Mom, Dad, like, of course I was going to be in His temple. Of course I was going to be in my father's house. But I love this moment right here because I kind of had one of those aha moments whenever I was reading this. We have Jesus as a baby. And then we have Jesus at 30 years old. This is the only time that we get a glimpse in between there. And again, Jesus was fully human and so he was a baby. We don't ever hear any words from Jesus as a baby. He couldn't talk. He was still growing. He had to learn how to talk. We never heard any words from Jesus as a baby. But we do right here as a 12-year-old. And these are the first words we ever hear from our Savior. These red letters right here. These are the first words we ever hear from our Savior. And they're the key to this entire passage. If you never know where to turn, turn to the red letters. They're the key to it all. And in this moment, what does He say? Why were you searching for Me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in My Father's house? A lot of scholars believe that in this moment, because I can kind of see where they're coming from, this is the moment that Jesus fully realizes who He is. Fully. I'm the Son of God. A lot of them believe that because remember, I can see where they're coming from, and they believe that's why Luke included this in, this pa- in his Gospel. Because Jesus is fully human, fully divine, but fully human. He had to grow in His relationship with God, just like we do. He had to grow. And a lot of scholars believe that this is the moment where Jesus fully realized who He was. Now whether you believe that or not, we can't know definitively. But here's what we can know definitively about this passage right here. At 12 years old, Jesus did know who He was. He fully did know who He was in this moment because what does He say? 
Mary, right before this, says, your father and I, not God, your father, earthly father, Joseph and I, have been anxiously searching for you. And how does Jesus respond? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? They weren't in Nazareth. He was at the temple, God's house. He took the title of father, not disrespectfully, from Joseph and gave it to his heavenly father, who he knows. He knew who his real father was. And so he takes the title of father from Joseph and gives it to God. And so we do know beyond a shadow of a doubt, at 12 years old, in this moment, Jesus did know who he was. He knew that he was the Son of God. And he knew he had to grow, but he knew who he was. He knew that he had a higher calling and a higher purpose. He knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I love what this tells us here. It tells us a couple of things in this one verse, these red letters right here, is it tells us that Jesus is the Son of God. And the other thing that it tells us is that Jesus' whole reason for coming to earth, His whole being, who He was, everything about Him, His purpose for coming to this earth was to point to the Father. Didn't you know that I had to be in my Father's house? Some translations say, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? He was pointing Mary and Joseph to the Father. And Jesus, everything that Jesus did throughout His entire life, we especially see it in His ministries, through the miracles, through His teachings, through His time with the disciples, through His time with His parents. Everything about everything of Jesus' life was always pointing to the Father. The question is, is in knowing that you as well, just like Jesus, have a higher calling and a higher purpose, do you know that your life Everything about everything of your life is supposed to be pointing to the Father. Not pointing to Jared, even though this world tells you that that's what this life is all about. It's pointing to yourself. Not pointing to your career. Not pointing to your children. Pointing to the Father. Is everything of your life pointing to the Father? Do you know that you have a higher calling and a higher purpose over your life? Just like Jesus did. There is a higher calling for you. God has a plan for you. And as we're stepping into this new year of 2023, what better time to know Him? What better time to realize it than today to start the new year? Do you know that you have a higher calling? God has something so much greater for you. To think that this life is all about just going to work. To think that this life is all about just spending some time with your friends. To think that this life is all about just... You are missing out on so much of what this life is all about. You're missing out on all of it. The whole point of your existence. Everything about your life is so much greater than that. So don't sell yourself short. Don't live a life that is so much lower than what God has planned for you. He's got something so much greater for you. Do you know that? That He's got something so much greater in store for you. And not just know it, but will you live into it? Will you live into that this year? And knowing that God's got something greater for you. And everything that you do, so that doesn't mean, all right, I gotta quit being friends with people, I gotta quit my job, all this other different kind of stuff. No, everything about your life, just like Jesus, and everything that he did, no matter where he was at, no matter who he was with, no matter what he was doing, he was pointing people to the Father. And so in your career, with your family and friends, 
in everything that you do? Are you pointing them to the Father? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And Jesus knows this. I skipped a part. Verse 50. Alright, we're not going to miss it. It's really good. Verse 50, but they did not understand what He was saying to them. And that's talking about Mary and Joseph right there. And you know, Mary Mary has a song that she sings about her life and the favor and the blessing that God has placed over her because she gets to raise Jesus. She gets to be the mother of the Son of God. And she is so, so blessed. Her and Joseph both are. But Simeon speaks to Mary and Joseph and says that there is going to be a blessing and a sword. It says, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There's a blessing, but there's also a sword that comes to Mary and Joseph. And it's kind of in moments like this that she's experiencing that sword. This 12-year-old son of hers, she doesn't fully understand everything that he's saying. She's going to see her son crucified. She's going to worship her son. She's going to witness his miracle. She gets to raise him. What a blessing. But there's also going to be a sword that comes with it. There's going to be a sacrifice that comes in the responsibility of being the mother of God. There's going to be a sword that comes with not always fully understanding everything that your son is talking about. His ways being higher than your ways. And seeing her son being crucified. Verse 51 as we kind of wrap things up here. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And I love this because Jesus we see here, He knows who He is. He's the Son of God. He knows His heavenly Father. And He doesn't hold that over His parents. He's not disrespectful to them. He doesn't act higher and mightier than them. He humbles Himself and goes back to Nazareth with them and is their child. And He was obedient to them and He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He continued to grow. There was still a long period of time between 12 and 30. He still grew. But He knew that He had a higher calling and a higher obligation in this life to live into. The question is, is do you know that you have a higher obligation and a higher calling? And this year, in 2023, are you going to live into that? Are you going to live into that? We might ask questions, God, what do you have in store for me? Kind of some of those questions y'all were talking about earlier as the praise team was leading us. God, what do you have in store for me? We may not know, but we're going to be obedient. We're going to humble ourselves just like Jesus did before Mary and Joseph. We're going to humble ourselves before the Father. We're going to know that He's got a greater plan for our lives and we're going to be obedient to Him. We're going to be obedient to Him. That's something that every single one of us can do this year. Through it all, we are going to be obedient to Him. I'm going to ask if you would stand at this time. And we're going to close in prayer.
We're closing a time of prayer. I want you to want to invite you to pray with me, but I want you to kind of reflect. I want you to listen to God during this time. I hope that this morning you didn't hear my words, but I pray that you heard from God. And maybe God was speaking to you. Maybe God's already been speaking to you. Cool. It's January 1st, 2023. God could have started talking to you about something a lot sooner before this moment. Or maybe He's going to speak to you right now in this moment. But what is it that God has planned for you? There's something so much greater, something so much higher that He has for you. But maybe, maybe there is something specific that He wants to speak to you. And I just can't imagine falling short of that. What if I chose to do it my way? What if I chose to just be Jared all year long? And someday as I stand before the Father, He tells me everything that it could have been. Everything that He had planned for me, but because of my selfishness, because of my lack of obedience, because of my fear, I fell short of that. I don't ever want to fall short of that. I don't ever want to be walking through this life and have more seeds in the bag that He wanted me to plant. I don't ever want to fall short of that. And so just in this time of prayer, would you just listen? Would you just listen to God and what it is that He might have for you? Would you bow your heads and pray with me?